Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Long rebound dug up by Gabby Marshall. Scoops a pass to Clark. Logo three. Got it. 22 is now number one. Caitlin Clark is the NCAA's all-time scoring leader in women's basketball history. Well, I thought about doing it a couple possessions earlier, but I was a little tired, so I needed to catch my breath a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I kind of stepped back to my left a little bit and was able to get it off and uh, went in and then celebrated. And I honestly thought Coach Buddha was going to call the timeout before I had to go play defense, but she didn't, so I had to go play defense. From nearly the logo to make history. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. I cannot remember the last time we started a show talking about women's college basketball, but that is the Caitlin Clark effect, Perloff. Oh, yeah. I mean, we did have the uh, the John Cena thing that took over a month of our lives. It seems like a long <laughs> time ago, but Caitlin Clark is back. This is so exciting. And, of course, you had to do it that way. Yes. This is like, you know, Derek Jeter hitting a home run on the 3,000th hit, you know, with a flair. And that is Caitlin Clark, right? She has the flair. She has the charisma. She's got everything. She's got the NCAA Division I women's scoring title now, 3,569 points. Uh, she's got more assists than anyone in Division I women's college basketball history. This was her fourth game of 45 points or more. She finished with 49 points last night and the one thing that has evaded her of all of these accolades and the game changer uh, nature of her of of how she plays the eyeballs selling out 50,000 seat arenas the ticket prices on the secondary market are crazy Um, the TV viewership is unlike anything we've ever, ever seen for women's college hoops the one thing she doesn't have is a championship yet Now, I was the fourth-ranked team in the country. There's four games to go in the regular season, and you get to the Big Ten tournament, and then obviously the NCAA tournament. The one thing she doesn't have is the title. Perloff, can you be considered the greatest or even one Mm. of the greatest of all time? Like many are saying, Caitlin Clark is. Can you be in that category without a title? Yeah, I I don't think a title 
specifically for Caitlin Clark is going to define her legacy. I think we're going to look back and people, kids are not even going to remember if she won a title or not because she's so unique. And it's her team. It's Iowa. If she was at UConn and didn't win a title, that would be a huge uh, problem. Right. But the fact that she's at Iowa, no one expects Iowa to win a national title. I'm not sure the women's team has ever won. I just looked at it. They made the Final Four once because they had the best. They had C. Vivian Stringer in 1983 and made They are not a powerhouse. So the fact that she got to a final with Iowa is enough to me. I understand what you're like. Yeah. If you're talking goats, yes, titles are obviously tied to goats. But for Caitlin Clark, it just doesn't seem to matter that she's if she wins a title or not. Her legacy is cemented. Uh, I, I think people are not going to look back and say she lost that game to LSU. They're not even going to remember with her. Interesting. So I think just broaden this out for any sport. If you're going to be considered the GOAT, or I'd say even top three or even top five, I think you need to have won a title. Now, I don't know if that's fair. Maybe that's the ring-chasing culture that I've sort of grown up in or what have you. But... I think you need that hardware, especially in basketball. I and mean, we can talk about this on the football side, and Dan Marino never won a title, and and there's been greats who have not won. But especially in basketball, where there's only five people on the floor. So let's just take last night, for example. Caitlin Clark scored or assisted on 79 of I was 106 points. She's the offense. I mean, that's yeah. like over 75% of the offense. She's basically as a hand-in, either totally responsible or partly responsible. I think that for basketball, we do this a lot, whether it's on the men's side Mm. or the women's side, you know, to crack the top five or top three, even if you are a trailblazer or game changer, I think you have to have won. Well, I think college and pro are a little bit different when we're talking about because college, you have a short window. You only get four years to do it. That's true. And there's a lot of competition, especially in the tournament. Although nowadays you get to be in college for like seven years. Yeah. By the way, I read that Caitlin has a COVID year, but I don't think she's going to do that. I think she's going to go into the WNBA draft. But think about, forget Dan Marino, what about Bo Jackson? Uh, He never won a title, and a lot of people say he's the greatest college football player I've ever seen. So I think you can, there are certain circumstances where you can ignore the titles. Obviously, Christian Leitner is on all the great lists because he won titles, but Caitlin Clark is uh, is closer to me to Bo Jackson. I, that's by the way, that sounds like a really silly analogy. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, get I think it. people are going to look back and say, "Oh, that's the greatest college basketball player I ever won," and they're not going to consider the titles or that you ever saw. That I ever saw? Yeah, yeah right. sorry, yes. that I ever saw. You can. It's funny because you watch Caitlin. Like, wow, I feel like I'm watching Steph Curry. I feel like I'm watching yeah. something I've never seen before on the women's side because of how she pulls up from the logo and how she plays. I mean, listen, she's got a bit of an inside game too, and she has all the assists. She's awesome. But if I'm going to have her in the conversation with Brianna Stewart and Diana Taurasi and Candace Parker and Cheryl Miller, who I know you think is the overall women oh, yeah. goat in, when it comes to women's college hoops or Brittany Griner, like I, I would feel odd putting her in there. Just like I would put feel maybe a little odd even mm. on the football side putting Dan Marino ahead of a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning. But let me ask you, though, a lot of those names you said were UConn players. They won every title. So all well, those Candace pl- Parker went to Tennessee. Right, right, right. But a lot <laughs> sure of them. Yes, yeah, I yeah. Am. So there's a lot of UConn. How many in a row did Gino win? I mean, how many did he win? So I feel like this sport, if you're going to look at titles, you're just boxing out so many different players. Right. And I just think, here's the thing. They had so many stars around them. It's hard to tell. I mean, how many All-Americans did Diana Taurasi play with? I know she was amazing. And I'm not saying anything bad. I'm a huge Diana Taurasi fan. But I think it's hard to separate the titles in this particular sport, women's college basketball, from the greatness of the players. Well, see, that's the thing, though, about basketball. I think it's just about rings, period. And again, we're talking about Caitlin Clark, who broke the record last night for Division I women's college basketball scoring. She's the leader now 
um, and assists, by the way. So she's got both of those titles. And we're asking, can she be considered the greatest or one of the greatest of all time if she hasn't won a championship? And she hasn't yet. Now, she has another chance because the NCAA tournament is coming up. But I think with basketball, even, it's even more about, like, rings, even more so than football or baseball. I think there's an idea with with football, baseball, and even hockey, like how many other factors are influencing the game, whereas in basketball, one person is playing offense and defense. You do have so much more of a hand on the winning and the losing as opposed to, you know, Bo Jackson, who's at the mercy of anyone. Randy Moss is at the mercy of his quarterback. You know, there's... It depends on the on the position you're playing. Basketball, I think we're unforgiving in that way. I think mm. you have to be winning titles to be considered the greatest because of the time you're logging on the on the floor. I just think that, especially college basketball, there's so many exceptions though because college basketball has such a wide range of teams. Larry Bird's right. universally considered one of the great college basketball players of all time. Went to Indiana State. The fact that he didn't win with Indiana State. Now, is that a fair comparison? Indiana State and Iowa, although Indiana State's back in the top 25. We've been talking about yes, this we one. Have. It was just such an incredible achievement. I think everybody looks back at Larry Bird on the cover of Sports Illustrated in Indiana State and is not saying, oh, he came up short in any way because he didn't win a title. I think people kind of gloss over that. I think they're going to do that with Caitlin Clark. Mm. I think she's, they're going to not remember. I don't. The odds are they're what they're number four this year. They're yeah. probably not going to win a title. It's South really, Carolina looks real good. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of really great teams. So if she doesn't win, I don't. I don't even think people are going to remember if she won or not. Mm. I, I think she could. You know, to a certain age group, she'll probably be the goat. I think that there are some historical figures here that have such resumes. It's going to be hard for her, her to pass them. But I honestly, I, we're going to look back and say, oh, Caitlin Clark was great, but she didn't win a title. I don't think that narrative will ever be. Uh, I don't think that's something that's ever going to come out of people's mouths. Uh, I, I do. I, I think it's, you know, again, for all of her accomplishments and she's fun to watch and it's as great for the women's game. I just think it does look like something's missing, just like all of the greats. If you never won, you know, and especially in basketball, the Allen Iversons and the Patrick Ewings and the Steve Nashes. I mean, there's always going to be that thing like, man, you just don't have that last resume topper. Do you think, do you agree with me though, that the UConn players all kind of maybe cancel each other out to some extent. Maybe you don't agree with me, but there's just so many greats. No, I don't think so. I I mean, I think in some ways you're the best of the best. So if you're like a Brianna Stewart and you go in four straight most outstanding players in the final four and you were playing for UConn, think about the other competition you had just to be a a standout on your own team and then to be making that kind of impact, you know? Uh, but I mean, I do think like yeah. But you're talking about Diana Taurasi. You're talking about Maya Moore. No, they're talking, all amazing. I know. I know. I feel like it is. A, I think it's a funny thing too, where Kelsey Plum, who just got yeah. like they have, and Caitlin Clark too, and Sabrina Ionescu. The fact that they weren't in that UConn chapter to me means something. I mean, come on, they win every title. So I would think that this is exception. Uh, college, women's college basketball. Uh, I I think because of the the consolidation of power at the very top, Right, you can be considered in the GOAT conversation without a title. I think maybe, Dan, I understand Dan Marino, it's a little bit different, but I think women's college basketball and men's college basketball, you can be at the top of the list even without a title. Not every sport, but specifically uh, that kind of sport, I think you can be considered the best. And I, I don't think people care if Caitlin Clark wins or not. It's not affecting the ratings. I don't think I would <laughs> no, say. That's for sure. Yeah, I feel like she's revolutionizing the sport, and no one expects her to win, which is amazing which too. Which is a, a weird kind of moving of the goalposts, don't you think? I no, mean- because it's Iowa. The Iowa women's program is not elite, so that's why the goalpost is at a different spot. If she was at, 
at UConn and did not win. That would be a huge problem. Right. Uh yeah, see, I think we're talking about the echelon of the upperest echelon. We're talking about, you know, the not the Hall of Very Good. We're talking about the Hall of Fame or the, you know, the Hall of Great. We're talking about, you know, the inner circle here when it comes to Caitlin Clark. And so to never have won just – and, and again, she still has an opportunity. She's got the NCAA tournament in front of her, and we're going to be talking about it a lot. I just think you need it. EJ, I think we should put a poll up, right, at Maggie and Pearl. Does Caitlin Clark need to win a title to be considered the greatest of all time? Or you can broaden it out. Does anyone need to win a title to be considered the greatest of all time? Yeah, I like my Bo Jackson analogy. He's the best college <laughs> football player I ever saw. See, he One was, Heisman. He was at the Auburn men's game the other night. Yeah, EJ. Well, one of the things I thought about with this conversation with Caitlin Clark is one of the players we talk about in terms of being the greatest of all time in college basketball on the men's side is someone who didn't win at all, basically, yeah. which was Pete Maravich. Right. Pete Maravich averaging, you know, 44 points a game in college basketball. We look at all the great lists. He ranks one, two, or three in a right. lot of them, even though he's basically a one-man band playing for his dad. Like, Caitlin Clark took their team to the Final Four. They've won a lot. This is a program, like Proloff said, that is not some, uh, you know, they're not UConn. They're right. not Tennessee, you know, with Pat Summit. Like, they're a— Not a powerhouse. Not a powerhouse. So, they're still a Big Ten team, but they're not a powerhouse. Right. So, so I don't know if she should be held to the same high, high bar of championships as— People like Brandon Stewart or Dan, Diane Rossi with the the expectation every year is you win a championship. You know, like I, I think that there has to be some kind of difference when we when we view these women through this lens of uh, greatest of all time. Yeah, but I wonder what I wonder what you know Diana Taurasi would say about that. I wonder what Brittany Griner would say about that. You know, when you were talking about the elite of the elite, mm. you know, Brittany Griner won a Baylor. She yeah, she helped sure. put that program on the map. I know, yeah. obviously, uh, you know. Kim Mulkey was there, and they had a yeah. lot of talent. But was Baylor this big women's powerhouse before Brittany got there? Forgive me, but I don't think they were. No. No, well, no, she yeah, but Brittany's got the problem. Uh, nobody appreciates the big player. I know. It's well, like the Lou Alcindor, Kareem thing. Like, yeah, she, she yeah, has yeah. the record Everyone's for like, blocks, oh, she's, right? it's, yeah. she's just tall. Like, it, happens, <laughs> it happens in NBA history. So centers are viewed very differently. I'm just saying there are other women who have been at not UConn, not Tennessee, and I think we hold their standard as tight to titles. Yeah, I mean, Cheryl Swoops, someone in Texas Tech, like, won a championship. Cheryl she's Miller was at USC. Yeah, Lisa Cheryl Leslie. USC. So Lisa Leslie never won. And she was at USC. And she's got every other accolade. Lisa Leslie never won a title? See, I didn't even know that. I'm shocked at that. Well, I mean. Lisa you, Leslie never won? Not in college. In yeah. the WNBA. See, to me, like, that's, that speaks perfectly to this. I, cause she's, a, like, in the GOAT conversation for sure to me. And I did not know she didn't win a college title. See, Lisa's an all-timer. I mean, Amazing. I don't know if she is in the GOAT conversation, though. Uh, yeah. I for mean, women's she, college, for college. Yeah, I, it's funny. That's ignorance on my part that I didn't know she won. But, yeah, like, I, I don't care. Lisa, you say Lisa Leslie. I was like, whoa, one of the greatest of all times. Nobody says she didn't win in college to me. Okay, but, you know, there's other – on the men's side, there's guys who didn't win in college, and we don't consider them all-time great players. Allen Iverson never won. We don't consider him an all-time great college player. Shaq never won. I mean, we do probably consider him an all-time great college player. He wasn't that I great. I think people consider <laughs> Allen Iverson an all-time great college player, though. Iverson's closer. Shaq honestly wasn't Tim that Duncan great. Tim Duncan never made a Final Four. He wasn't that great in college either. I I would disagree with that. I think people I think, think he, he was, was one of the He was good. I thought Sheed played him head-to-head really well. And I remember I was a huge college basketball fan. He was really good. He developed in the pros. So did Shaq. Those guys really took off. They were they they got much better. Tim was so young, too. I mean, he played all four years, Tim Duncan. Yeah, I think he came out at 20, though, right? No, he Tim was, Duncan played all four years. Yeah, yeah played he played all, all four yeah. years, but he was on the younger side. 
Uh, Leitner, to me, was a more developed college player than all those guys. Like, Leitner killed Shaq in that one famous game. Anyway, regardless, the point is, I, I think we have to talk, we're separating college sports from pro sports. Yep. You know, if Caitlin Clark never wins a WNBA title, that's different. She has 12 years to do it. College basketball is such a brief window. Mm. It's such a slice of time. And in this sport, UConn won every title forever. So <laughs> it's hard. I mean, listen, Kelsey Plum, Sabrina Ionescu did not win. And they're... Right. They're high, up on list. Yep. They're high up on lists. So I think it's it's twofold here. We can talk about Caitlin Clark specifically uh, being in that conversation for greatest all time. And then I think you broaden it out to sports in general, you know, especially basketball yeah. where you, again, you're playing offense and you're playing defense. You, it's not, you're not one of 11 people or one of 22 people who are on the field like a football game. You know, do you have to win to be considered the greatest? I think yeah. you do. Okay, I disagree. I think the in college you do not have to win a title to be considered a goat. 855-212-4CBS 855-212-4227. Let us know what you think about this topic. Do you have to win a title in college to be considered the greatest of all time, especially in basketball? And I think in the pros too. Can you imagine we talking about the LeBron and Michael Jordan comparison if LeBron never won a ring? We wouldn't even have the we would not even have the conversation. Yeah, no, it's it's tough because you have a and to me it's because you have a long time to win a title. You better win in the pros, or you're not you're not getting this. Then you get stuck with Barkley and Ewing and Carl Malone, and you don't want to be in that group. Eight five five two one two four CBS. So much to do today. Glad you're on board. We've got a lot of football to get to. We've got a lot of fun sound for you today. It's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Big debate on the show today. Can Caitlin Clark, the Iowa superstar, be considered a GOAT or the GOAT without winning a title? My argument is no one's going to remember if she won a title or not. Because in this particular sport, women's college basketball, if you didn't wear a UConn Huskies or a Tennessee Volunteers jersey for a better part of 30 years, you probably weren't winning a title. It was just so you can't knock out all the players who weren't UConn in the GOAT list. So to me, titles are a little different, especially in this sport. And no one's no one's going to care because Caitlin Clark is so entertaining. I think that actually goes above titles in this conversation. Wow, interesting! Like her game changerness sort of puts her up to the t- up to the top. I would say not just Caitlin Clark and not just women's college basketball. I think basketball in general. You cannot be considered the greatest of all time if you did not win titles. It is that kind of a sport yeah. where you have such an impact on both the offensive and defensive side. In theory, if you want to play defense, you have such an impact on both sides of the floor. And there's only five people on your team playing at once. You have to win a title if you're anywhere near the GOAT conversation. We would never talk about LeBron with Jordan if he hadn't won titles. Okay, but I know you weren't even alive for this, yeah. but is anybody denigrating Larry Bird's college career because he did not win a title with Indiana State? No, I get what you're saying. Um, it's similar because of the underdog na- nature right. of this. And they w- and Larry Bird even got to go against Magic Johnson, and no offense to Angel Reese, but Caitlin Clark right. doesn't really have her Magic Johnson, the one-versus-one relationship here. So I-, I think that you can forgive it because it's Iowa. Right. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. You can also go to at Maggie and Pearl on, well, every social media platform under the sun, and you can find our content. We're there for you. Stan is in Arkansas. Good morning, Stan. How you doing, sir? Well, good morning. How y'all doing? We're doing great. I love the show. Oh, thank you. The only thing I missed was I had my alarm set at 5 a.m., 
And the kids are singing that jingle. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> oh, from DA show. I know. That's such a great. Yeah. It was always a but great yeah. opening for DA. I would say we'd play it, but it's really their thing. So I don't want to uh, seem like we're taking I, it. I know. But anyway, <laughs> I have my alarm set for that. Okay. But, you know, we'll but come up with another I, I managed to find it and put it on my phone alarm anyway. But anyway, yeah. I'm a Kansas Jayhawker. Okay. I grew up on a ranch right outside the Sioux limits, okay? My son was born there February the 1st, 1978. And I drove a Jayhawk Volkswagen van. <laughs> nice. Lawrence, and you know, I'm Chiefs and all Jayhawks. Wow, you had a Jayhawks Volkswagen the van. Football, the cool. football team's winning. But anyway, I'm a huge Caitlin Clark fan. Yeah. Okay? She's like totally awesome. But she doesn't hold the points record. Right. This Jayhawk girl, Lynette Woodard. 3,649 points. Yep. She played there in the 70s during the time that, you know, I was there. I went to school there. Yeah, so it was not the NCAA back then. But you're absolutely right, Stan. And, man, what I love a photo of that Jayhawk Volkswagen van. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you, Stan, and thank you for the kind words. And and we'll we'll come up with our own feel good song. Uh, that's that's a good point. That's a great idea. Uh, AIAW was the yeah. governing body at the time. But correct me if I'm wrong. She's going to catch Wood, uh, she Lynette Woodard. So very soon, and she's probably going to catch Maravich too. So uh, Lynette Woodard had. 3,649 points. Caitlin Clark's 3,569. So 80 points away. Yeah. Caitlin Clark's averaging 32 points a game. So this is going to this is gonna go down quick. Um, and then as far as Pete Maravich, she's 98 points behind Pete Maravich. Now, here's the thing about Maravich. He did it in three years. That's yeah. pretty incredible because freshmen couldn't play on the Division One team, I guess, at, at the time in the 70s. Oh, yeah. So he did it in three years, so I think that makes it a little more apples to oranges. The ultimate green light. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of many people who get suckered into a Pete Maravich YouTube reel uh, <laughs> because he was like a Harlem Globetrotter playing uh, college basketball. Now, I understand EJ was talking about this. Like, he did not have a lot of success. Like, they weren't even... Were they even close to winning a title? Not really. No. His last year, I think, was the only year they won 20 games, uh, but... Those teams, you know, he was 22 and 10 his, second, his, his senior year. They were second in the SEC, but no national title. First two years, they were essentially a 500 team. So he was averaging 44 points. I mean, we could have a whole other conversation about Caitlin breaking, uh, you know, breaking Maravich's record and what does that mean? But again, he did in three years, she's doing in four. And then, and then Lynette Woodard, who, yes, does hold the AIAW big school record, because she did play at Kansas. Uh, but that record is gonna it's gonna likely fall. And by the way, if you look at the records for the most points in men's college basketball, it's not a goat list. It's far from it. Uh, my guy Lionel Simmons from LaSalle, the L train, yep. uh, is way was way up there. It's not necessarily the greatest players of all time. It's not Christian Leitner and and Shaq. It's more like I know uh, the guy we're talking about, Antoine Davis yep. from Detroit Mercy, Freeman Williams. So I don't know. It does. I don't think being the scoring leader makes you a goat in any sense. Because like, who's leading the NBA in scoring is not like doesn't make you an MVP by any means. No, but I mean, LeBron did it, and we basically stopped the sport for a couple of days just to oh, celebrate him. No, I mean year by year. Yeah, oh, you're oh, right. Year but by like, year? I don't think I think in college basketball, especially the the guy that scores 35 points a game does not necessarily win the title. So I think there's a two different. Buckets, right? Just being the greatest scorer. George Gervin was the greatest scorer of all time. He didn't sniff an NBA. No, not the great, but this former Spur right. was a great scorer. Never sniffed an NBA title. No one puts him on the gift 
uh, the goat list, do they? Let's go to Tony. He's in Michigan. Hey, Tony, you think we've got this whole conversation backwards. What's up, sir? Yeah, it's, it's really crazy the way, we're, the way we judge greatest players. Now, I'll admit in the basketball argument, championships are certainly relevant because, yes. you're, like you say, they have so much effect on the game. It's just much smaller. But when it, you know, we were talking earlier about greatest quarterbacks, that, to judge a quarterback on winning Super Bowls is ridiculous. This is the greatest team sport of all time. And success and failure, certainly the quarterback has a bigger role than most. But, I mean, saying a, a Super Bowl matters, that, that means Trent Dilfer should be in the talk of a top quarterback of all time. Wait, but, Tony, who do you think is the greatest quarterback of all time? Say what? Who, so, in your opinion, who's the greatest quarterback of all time? I think it's tough to argue against Johnny Unitas. <laughs> Considering the rules at the time and yeah. what he accomplished is pretty amazing. Okay, you want to go with Johnny Unitas? Tony, thank you for the call outside the box. I think 99.9% of people who call in would say Tom Brady. And I think the reason we would say Tom Brady is why the seven Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he was immediately he set up his argument saying that you cannot judge a quarterback based on their rings. So it makes sense that he would go against Johnny Tom Unitas. Brady. Yeah, right. I mean, Johnny, you look at his numbers are crazy uh, low compared to now. But he was better than anyone who played in his era. It's hard to argue against <laughs> against the flat top Johnny Unitas. <laughs> I don't think we're really geared up for that. Uh I disagree a little bit in the sense that quarterback is the one player who touches the ball in every single play in football. So he does have a huge influence. If you're going to compare anyone to basketball, the quarterback is the one guy. I mean, yeah, there are 22 guys who start, but only two players touch it every single time. So I, I disagree that you can't put rings into the GOAT conversation. I agree with you. Brady certainly has a strong argument. Yeah, also, Johnny Unitas did win championships. Yeah, yeah. He just he won a Super Bowl. He has won. Right, he did win a Super Bowl. No, he, I think he won more than that. He won I mean, four I, I, championships. Yeah, yeah. Right, in the pre-Super Bowl era, yeah. I believe, and one in the Super Bowl era. People put Otto Graham in the conversation because he won a bunch in Cleveland in a row, too. Right. Yeah. Winning winning is a big deal for quarterback legacy. John United's three-time NFL champion, one-time Super Bowl champion, three-time MVP. Right, so he wouldn't even belong in this conversation well, because think, he did win. Well, I think for him, though, if you said Brady and you're saying, well, here's a guy that has four total titles, one, three of them were in a split league error or a right, half right. league wasn't playing, whatever. So I think to his point, like, John Unitas has a resume that is, you know, 10-time Pro Bowl, five-time all. I mean, sure, he, sure. his resume is up there with anybody when he turns to just accolades, but we wanted just rings. Yeah. He doesn't get mentioned like, you know, Tom Brady does or even Joe Montana, and they have the same amount of titles. You know, in 1961, Johnny Unitas at the peak of his powers through 16 touchdowns and 24 interceptions. <laughs> so numbers-wise, and that was Joe Namath did the same thing. It was just a different sport, so it's hard to do that. But he obviously has his place in history. Again, we are talking about Caitlin Clark, who broke the Division One women's scoring record last night. Uh, Iowa's win over Michigan. But can she be considered the greatest of all time if she doesn't win a title? Can any basketball player or, or any athlete be considered the greatest if they don't win a title? You can go to at Maggie and Pearl on Twitter and vote. I mean, <laughs> I was just I don't think you could be considered a, one of the greatest Olympians of all time if you came up with a silver medal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's hard. But that's so individual. Like, he's the greatest sprinter of all time. He never got to the gold, but he's the, the GOAT. Also, you wouldn't take Michael Phelps with all of his golds and be like, eh, two. <laughs> two on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 30 gold medals. I mean, him. listen, Michael Phelps was great, but Ryan Lochte, who came in <laughs> like, that's the GOAT. <laughs> uh, Peter Schwartz is here all morning long with headlines. Good morning, Peter. And good morning, Maggie. We will start with college basketball. History made last night. Felia gets in the paint, pull up, short jumper. No, long rebound dug up by Gabby Marshall. 
Scoops a pass to Clark. Logo three. Got it. 22 is now number one. Caitlin Clark is the NCAA's all-time scoring leader in women's basketball history. And it wasn't just a three. It was a logo three yep. from way downtown. The call on Learfield IMG. Iowa star Caitlin Clark scoring a career-high 49 points in the Hawkeyes' 106-89 win over Michigan. She becomes the all-time NCAA women's scoring leader. Never stop dreaming because you can achieve way more than you ever thought. And, you know, I got to live that every single day. So, um, and I still keep dreaming. And I'm 22 years old, so never stop. Never stop. Clark, courtesy of NBC Sports, she now has 3,569 career points. As far as the men are concerned last night, number two, Purdue beat Minnesota 84-76. Now let's get to the NBA. We'll start in Salt Lake City where Clay Thompson was a force off the bench. Back to the basket. Clay gets it from Kaminga, fires a three, hits another one! Oh, Clay Thompson, 7 of 11 from downtown. He's got 35. Tim Roy on Warriors Radio, and the Warriors beat the Jazz 140-137. Clay Thompson 35 points off the bench. Found out this morning. Me and Steve had a good talk about it. And, uh, you know, you could do two things. You can pout or you can go out there and respond. And I thought I did the latter very well tonight. He sure did. Came off the bench for the first time since his rookie season, March 11th, 2012. I have an issue with Clay Thompson's performance last night. <laughs> what was that? So he gets benched, and all of a sudden he gets PO'd and starts playing like the old Clay Thompson. He needs the, this kind of uh, you know push to be great. What, what's going on? Why does Clay play like that every night? If he's capable of that, I haven't seen that in forever. Wait a minute. You don't think this is like a great story no. of a guy who has to put his ego to the side and has to say, listen, I haven't been playing well. I'm going to come off the bench, and it's not going to break me, and I'm not going to whine about it. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be awesome. This is this is as inspirational as anything. Well, where where has this been, Clay? I mean, you're not <laughs> that old. I mean, you're 34, I know. But if you can play like that, then how come you haven't been playing like that? I mean, guys get into a funk, you know. Sometimes you need a little bit of a wake-up call. But not if you're an all-time great. Yeah, yeah. wake up. You don't need a – does LeBron ever need a wake-up call? No. Does no, he Curry needs days ever off. need a wake-up no, call? No, LeBron needs days off. <laughs> also, yeah, but I mean, also, Clay, this guy's coming off an ACL injury and yeah. Achilles. He's not your average 34. But he clearly has, he's clearly capable of this. We learned last night. So I'd be six like, Clay? Yeah, like, where, what about the first five <laughs> games? <laughs> so it's so funny because I saw this and I like almost shed a tear. I'm like, this is amazing. This is, this is a great story. This is the inspiration. The person who was at the peak fell. And then had to get themselves up off the mat, and you're like, man, wh- where was this yesterday? Two weeks ago, two he was ago. two weeks ago. He was two for thirteen from three against the Hawks. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, you've remembered how to play basketball, Clay. What's going on here? I think what? some of these guys, though, they could they could tap into a certain level when they're upset or when they have to. And honestly, I think Clay Thompson come playoff time or play in time, because that's when they're, that's when yeah. they're going to be playing. He may be a factor in some games because he can do things okay. like this on a one-off night. And this is night. why I always say, and Perloff and I always disagree about this, does bulletin board material matter for professional athletes? Because you always say that's insulting. They yeah, should yeah. need bulletin board material. And I'm like, well, they're still human. Well, I feel like Clay needs a little too much. He was one for nine <laughs> against the Clippers yesterday from three. Right. So me, how can you stink so bad all year and all of a sudden be great again? Well, I think sometimes you do need a spark. Now, let's just say like five years from now, right? Let's say you have 
a horrible week of shows. Yes. Let's just say you have... That's possible. Like, it would never happen. A I'm week? Just, I'm feels, just... Feels I'm plausible. Just saying, no. Feels plausible. Okay. For argument's sake. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say you have a week of horrible shows. Yes. And management comes to you and says, you know what? I, I think you need to go to the overnight for a couple of days. Yes. And now you do the greatest couple of shows you've ever done in your life, and you get back on the morning show. So you were in a little bit of a rut. You needed a wake-up call. They sent you to the overnight. Yes. And then and now you got your game back. So yeah, why but Clay Thompson's an all-time Hall of Famer. Okay. I am not. Uh, <laughs> Clay Thompson the greatest baseball need... players have gone on a one for twenty-one streak. They get they get lowered in the lineup and they come and they come back. Yeah, but it, greats like LeBron. LeBron doesn't need this kind of thing. Like he always no, he just delivers. needs games off. He just okay. needs on national television. I mean, Clay has stunk this year. Okay, but and now you bench him, and all of a sudden he's great again. I don't know. The wake up call he was Weak. looking for. I can't believe you shed a tear over Clay Thompson <laughs> in a regular in a regular season NBA game. I'm like, man, what an inspiration this dude is. I was I was all about this version of Clay. By the way, if if Perloff had uh, moved to the overnight and he was successful in the overnight. No, Petey's going to move him back to the uh, morning show. They keep him in the overnight. The guy, Petey's just yeah, going to the overnight. Can we just shut down this Perloff overnight talk? Can you edit that out so of the podcast? Go, you don't want to go to the overnight. Meanwhile, we were just doing an overnight show in Las Vegas, yeah, basically, yeah. because we're on West Coast time, and we did see Peter was out in I Las was, Vegas. I was out there, yeah, for my YouTube show. A lot of fun. We so, saw you shaking the, hands with The Rock. Yeah. Buddy, uh, buddy with The Rock. I, I did not shake hands with The Rock. I was allowed. Cody Rhodes. I was not allowed backstage. So, no, I did not do that. A dap up with Seth Rollins. We told Bilotti that you were basically hugging uh, <laughs> that Cody Rhodes. It was not true. I wasn't, I wasn't given access. I did, I did meet Darby Allen. Oh. He came to the show, the other wrestling uh, league. I heard they're going to put Peter Swartz as a special guest referee in the main event of WrestleMania. Look at that. Uh, I, uh, Look how good he looked me and Bilotti in a go. steel cage match one day. <laughs> oh. What do you think? I am. But, I am. Uh, but I don't want these like new like because now they changed the whole yeah. thing with the tag team. Like now you can pin somebody. Wait, wait. I'm dying. I'm dying to hear what Bilotti thinks of this. <laughs> wait, I, yeah. I have a lot of things up my sleeve. <laughs> oh, you think you could take Swartz? I, Yes. <laughs> Matter of fact, yes, I can. That's not even cutting a promo. It's just, but, yes. But I want the old school steel. You have to go over the top or through the door. Like now they, they changed the steel cage thing now in, in recent years where you can get a pin in the middle of the ring. And like, I, no, I don't want that. I want the old steel cage where you have to climb up over the yes, ring. Yes, you want mankind. Out the, Right. Yeah, well, no, I don't want hell in a cell. I don't want to fall on thumbtacks. I just want to. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> hell in a cell. It was a Shane who jumped off the top. Shane, Mankind oh, yeah. Shane has done top. it. Mankind, Mankind has done it. Undertaker, that was uh, a brutal yeah. match. Rikishi has done it. Yes. I've talked to Mankind about that. No, sorry to name drop there. And he's like, yeah, I should have never done that. Oh, <laughs> he's yeah. Like, he's like, the Daniel Hackett going for that 64-yarder. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, I should have never should have done that. that wasn't when he lost a piece of his ear, right, Pete? Like, he no, lost, that he lost a another, tooth like in that. Like an ECW match, No, right? he lost his ear in Munich, Germany. Uh -huh. Would you guys like, stop talking about mankind? We have a cage match here, Bilotti versus Schwartz, that we're developing. It's gonna be this untapped anger the fact of that Bilotti. Pete said that he has stuff up his sleeve makes me realize Pete's working heel in this match, which yeah. is going to oh, be very interesting. Yes. Like yes. what a razor blade! What do you have up your sleeve? And, and and it's going to be in the Bundy blue cage too. We're not going to be in this fence oh. cage. We're going to be in the real cage, wow. the big blue steel cage. But Schwartz oh. is a, a lot bigger than you, I think. That's fine. You, yeah, there's yeah, a well, size advantage. I didn't, that didn't stop Hulk Hogan. That, Against Andre the Giant. Well, that's that, right. That's true. And, but you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. But I'll be confident going into this. 
does Schwartz have a low base? You know, better than Andy Reid getting knocked off his mark by Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Never would of, happen to Schwartz. I'm still trying to think of what is the heel move that like Pete pulls out. Like, does, does he do a spray? Like, does he <laughs> does he do like you know? No, no. All of a sudden, like, Bloody uh, comes out. He's like, you got to do ten sports minutes <laughs> and five in five right. minutes. <laughs> Ah, Mr. <laughs> Fuji sand in the eyes. Like I'm trying to think. I, of what, that's what I was thinking, Mr. Yeah. Fuji. It w- that wasn't sand, was it? It was salt. A, it was an salt. unknown salt. power. Salt. Yeah. yeah, it was an unknown powder. Yes, <laughs> so that's, that's something. Have up your sleeve. I remember my favorite uh, cheating was. Do you, you guys don't remember? It'd be probably Iron Mike Sharp. Is oh that yeah. Anyone? So yes. he hurt his wrist and put on this metal brace to fix it, and he had it for the next 14 years. <laughs> right. like, yeah. He's like, I th- and they asked him, like, I think his wrist is healed, but he still has it. Then he hits that guy and he'd be knocked out. <laughs> Why is he still wearing that wristband? Do you remember <laughs> that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> with Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah, Iron Bob, Mike Sharp. Bob Orton with the uh, with broken the arm. Uh, broken arm. Yeah. And oh, he had that cast on his arm for years. That yeah. cast, I don't think I've ever seen him without the cast. Oh. <laughs> but he's working, working with his son, Randy Orton. He still had the cast on. Bilotti's a really a bad break. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Bilotti is the bad guy wrestler. Be a great I, heel. I think he would be, too. I can't wait for this. So what do we do? Get that cage out of what storage in Stanford, Connecticut or something? Let's go. That, that one is, 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 is in storage because apparently that it was so difficult on everybody that wrestled in that cage. Yeah. They hated that cage because it was so hard. But the blue cage. I also liked it back years ago when you went to a wrestling match and they had the steel cage. The steel cage was assembled when you first got in the building. Like you would get in, sit in your seats, and like at the garden, the steel cage would be already constructed yep. and they would hang it from the ceiling. And then when they would get ready for the match, it would be an intermission and the cage would get lowered down. Now they put it together. Yeah. Don't they put it together now still? Uh, no, no, they, they lower it. They lower it now. There was a time where they would actually you now have the, the the crew workers would come out and they would put the cage together. But does, I, does anyone else wish they had a time machine so they could go back and not have Peter Schwartz talk about the mechanics of the cage? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? There? You're like the engineering. You're upset. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't like change. I like it when the, the, the things the way that they what used to be. What are you doing? This is a sports update. You're like, well, they used to construct it in the side room. And then bring it's a union job. Um, I, don't fans, I don't think fans want to see 14 minutes of a steel cage being built. No, I, mean, right. I can, I can barely suffer through the Zamboni at this point. Our attention spans are yeah. just so small. Let's, I don't think uh, building this from the steel cage on site. Let's get out of baseball, uh, out of uh, wrestling. Get the baseball, Major yeah. League Baseball players not happy these days. It all has to do with the new Nike Vapor Premium uniforms, which are being made by fanatics. The players have been going to social media complaining about it, also contacting the union about the issue. One of the complaints has been the small lettering yeah. on the jerseys. There are also complaints about the colors. And the font choices, Commissioner Rob Manfred yesterday said he believes the players will eventually come around to them. The jerseys are different. They're designed to be performance wear as opposed to what has traditionally been worn. So they are going to be different. But they have been tested more extensively than any jersey in any sport. Uh, The feedback from the All-Star game last year where the jerseys were worn was uniformly positive from the players. So I think after people, you know, wear them a little bit, I think that that they're going to be really popular. Hold on. Rob, people out of here. (laughs) What does that have to do with the lettering looking like a, a a child made it? Yeah. I mean, those uniforms are ridiculous. They look like they look like amateur hour. 
What are we doing? If it ain't I, I, broke, I, don't fix well, it. Why? Why do we have to well, change? You gotta money. save money. Or you gotta keep your deals together. I mean, that. When is twenty twenty nine coming? <laughs> I, we need that here. Yes. No. We need that here, January twenty twenty nine, and move on to the next commissioner, which will be Theo Epstein. Yeah, get All Theo right, in enough here. Enough of this. I, I, have, I have two theories about this. One, the lettering is like when you buy a jersey for your kid. And, mm-hmm. like, the le- letters are smaller and closer yeah, together. Yeah, they, they're just ironed on. They iron on. <laughs> so that's one. But two, I have I figured this out with Rob Manfred. For the next five years, he's going to do everything he possibly can to ruin baseball before he leaves. This is his, <laughs> like, big final exit. <laughs> he's going to chip away at little things, and he's going to leave it and be like, sayonara, everybody. I hated baseball the whole time. He's going to take away the seventh inning stretch next. I <laughs> oh, think he'll take, he'll take hot that Hot dogs away. and beer gone real, that'd by be the time real, he's Real there. war criminal. We take away hot wow. dogs and beers in the seventh inning stretch. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand it when people say this is the most tested thing that anybody's ever done. You do not know that, Rob Manfred. You have, there's no way for you to tell that this is the most tested jersey in terms of performance that's ever been created. Why would you say something like that? Like, who hears that and thinks, oh, well, I guess that's got to be true. Nobody it, thinks that. It's not. So the knockoff jerseys you get on those foreign yeah. websites look better than these. So I got to be honest. I, I've been Googling this jersey all day. I don't really even see that big a difference. The small lettering? What the hell are you guys talking it about? Reminds me of a oh, video game. The who cares? Reminds me of a video game. If, you, if you're playing with a character yeah. in a video game, uh, a baseball video game, it reminds me of the uniform they use in, in, in a digital game. Maggie, it looks horrible. You got to support Rob Manfred. You got are from the same part of the country. Yeah, I don't claim it, Manfred. I do appreciate him <laughs> speeding up the game, though. Thank you, Rob, for yeah, the pitch one clock. One of the things he did well. Really appreciate it. Uh, Peter, thank you so much. You're 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Uh, coming up, we got some news. Starting quarterback inks, uh, well, a little bit of a new deal yesterday, but will he actually be starting for his team when the season starts? We've got all the latest next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, we have our marching orders now. We need a Pete versus Pierre Schwartz cage match. We'll work on the details of all of that. Run that through HR a couple different ways. We're not, we're not working on the details of how the cage is lowered into the, <laughs> no, the ring. No, we'll leave, that, we'll leave that to <laughs> never hearing about that ever again. But Pete as the heel and Schwartz, I guess, is the face. Um, all right, we'll work on those details. Meanwhile, details. Uh, Geno Smith, speaking of details, he gets the $12 million of his guaranteed contract for next year. Got picked up yesterday, Perloff. So on the surface, it looks like, okay, Seahawks get Geno. They have him for another year. And it look, there's going to be another kick-in that's going to happen around the start of the league year. So about another $9 million. All told, Geno's going to be made, making about $21 million to be a starting quarterback in the league next year. I do not think Geno Smith will be collecting that check fully from the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I believe that Geno Smith will actually be traded and will be starting for another team before the season starts. Uh, give me the situation where Geno would be a starter. Well, I just want to give you the situation with Seattle, yeah. which is the a team who has all these offensive weapons. Right. And the reason why they didn't make the playoffs this year was really because the defense, right? Yeah. Which that is was, ironic because Pete Carroll's a defensive coach. Right. And, and a great coach, right? And a Hall of Fame coach. But Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens yeah. has now come in to try to clean this up on the other side and on the defensive side. And I think that the Seahawks will use this opportunity to probably start over at quarterback. Right. And draft somebody thinking you can still probably, can you make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback? I think you probably can. Well, my point was, Geno's going to be a bridge either here or somewhere else. Like, if he goes to Atlanta, he's a bridge to a rookie. Like, no one wants to build around Geno Smith at this point. Well, just because of his age. I mean, Geno still has, I think, a lot in the tank because a lot of those years were on the bench. Like, he's mm. he's old in age. What is he, 33 or 34? But a lot of those years were spent holding a clipboard. I don't think anyone says, I want Geno Smith for five years. I don't think that's in the conversation. I, I, I'd be surprised if there was a team that did not have a rookie or a young quarterback and, and went Geno Smith. Listen, so Seattle picks 16. Right. right? They're the perfect, the, he's a perfect bridge there. So they're going to draft J.J. McCarthy or somebody who's tied to Mike McDonald 16. McDonald and his OC both are from the Harbaugh family. Uh, and Grubb, his OC, had Penix. They'll, right, get, a, they'll get a quarterback, and Geno's a perfect bridge. Why okay. not? Okay, because I think there's actually value here with Geno Smith. And I think that if you wanted to trade him to a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, or if you want to trade him to a team like the Atlanta Falcons, or whatever, another team that's going to be in the mix for a quarterback, I think you actually get value as opposed to next year when Geno could leave and you're going to get absolutely nothing for him. Right? You, you wouldn't get a comp pick? I'm not sure. Well, it depends on what how much he signs for. Again, his 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 um salaries have yeah. not been huge. But what 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 would you get from him now? Well, who wants a twenty two million dollar thirty two year old quarterback who the current team doesn't want? Who I think a lot of people about? fifth might. round pick? No, I think Six? more. Especially if there's a training camp injury or something like that. I think Geno becomes the most valuable available quarterback. You can actually win games with Geno Smith. Uh, maybe I, we view Geno Smith. I think Geno Smith was really good in Seattle. I think that's the best fit for him. Atlanta has to start over quarterback. They're not going to go to a Geno Smith. I mean, you gotta you got to find something here, a quarterback. you got to build for the future. How long has it been since Matt Ryan retired? And Pittsburgh, 
I just don't see that that marriage either. I, I mean, get, is that a huge upgrade to go from what they have now to Geno Smith? They they're another team. They have to find a guy. And Geno Smith, I'm sorry, he's good, but he's not a guy. Well, but here's the thing: if you're Seattle right now, you have a bit of a grace period because of all the changes that you've just made. So I think you start with a rookie quarterback. You try to get something for Geno to pay 22 million for a starting QB is like nothing in this league. I say Seattle keeps him, drafts J.J. McCarthy, who's very young, lets him sit for a year. Coming up, we've got potential coaching news with the San Francisco 49ers. Who will they tab as a defensive coordinator? Got a thought for you. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.